Today on the Whatsoever Things show, the guys share a little about their missions trip experiences. We have special guests Jerry Driggers and Casey Strickland talking about the Omega missions team, and they all share funny stories that happen on missions trips, including some that happen to some guy named Chuck. It's another great episode, so stay tuned. Here we go. Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Whatsoever Things podcast, a podcast designed to stimulate your mind, tickle your funny bone, and encourage your faith. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Okay, so this podcast episode is on missions. At Ox- here at Oxford Assembly of God, missions is in our DNA after all. It's God's rescue plan for the whole world. We heard that this past weekend um, with Dr. James Davis talked about missions. Uh, here at Oxford Assembly of God, we support, uh, we're very mission-minded. We support uh, 103 missionaries and 24 mission organizations. Uh, each department has its own uh, emphasized missions. Children's Church has the BGMC. Youth has Speed the Light, which we've all, we've, uh, been able to utilize speed to light yeah. um, uh, blessings. Then there's the touch of the world and light for the lost. Rural Rangers has master's toolbox and missionettes has coins for kids. Uh, other missions here that are more of the evangelical outreach is vacation Bible school. Uh, Children's church does the shores outreach and uh, youth does the Miami missions and motorcycle ministry part primarily does their stuff outside of the church. And then last but not least, we have the Omega Mission Team, of which we have a special guest, Jerry Driggers, who is the leader of Omega. Yeah. And we also have Casey Strickland, who's been to a number of trips with Omega, to include the most recent trip to Dublin, Georgia. So, Thomas, Josh, welcome well, back. Well, thank you. What uh, mission trips have you guys done? Go ahead, Josh. Thomas, I think. Well, Thomas has done the most recent one. I've done the least though. You've done. You've done. I haven't done. I have. I'm ashamed to say <laughs> I haven't done a single missions trip with Jerry <laughs> on the Omega trips. It's plenty of time. I know. I need to jump in there. Um, I have been on several missions trips though um, to Honduras, and I told. I talked about it in another podcast how that first one kind of just broke my heart, and I just had to. And then, man, I, ever since then, I've been go into that same place that there's a it's an orphanage and then as they grow up out of the orphanage they can go to a instant a technical college or they can go to a, a farming college and i've been going to that farm for i mean i swear, probably six or seven times and uh loved it loved every bit of it and you went one of the guys that went on that one of your honduras trips came joe came on one of our couple of our yeah several. trips yeah um but I've got plenty of stories. I took Daniel on one, and I took Rusty on one. Rusty, I'm not allowed to say names. <laughs> Two other fellas, I know, I took on some. And uh, we just had, there's a lot of good stories about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, each mission trip has not only the, uh, um, and, and Jerry emphasizes this, the journey before, during, and after. But there's there's a journey before getting there, the fundraising, getting mm-hmm. ready, what, what the church allows us to do, um, getting there. You know, sometimes people have to drive down to Miami and get their passport, like, right before we leave. It does um, happen. That, that is a true story. So, and then you have the journey there. God works in miraculous ways. You get a lot done, and, um, and then when you get back, so. 
Yeah, Thomas, how about you? Well, the only one I've been on was to Dublin, Georgia, which is just a couple hours north of here. And so the journey, like you were talking about, the journey beforehand for me was basically nothing. It was like Thursday. Well, and, and I think you said on another podcast that you were surprised it wasn't Dublin. Yeah, yeah well, that's that's because I, you know, I'd always thought about going on a mission trip and I wanted to, and so whenever, um, you know, I, I was approached about it, they were just like, "Hey, you want to go?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's go." And they're like, "All right, we're going to Dublin," and I was like, "Son, I'm getting like big time, first time, we rolling." They're like, "Yeah, it's like six hour drive." I was like, "No, Dublin's much much further than that." They're like, "No, Dublin, Georgia." Oh. All right, well, when do we leave? They're like two days. And I was like, oh, it's, what, 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 what do I need? What are we doing? I'll oh, just bring a couple of change of clothes. We're staying there. So the the journey beforehand was, Short it was nothing. It was, yeah. it was, yeah, just packing overnight bag, get in the car, and we're rolling. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? I, I didn't need any kind of airfare or hotel or anything like that. They fed us. They put us up in rooms, and you know what I mean? We just mm-hmm. went up there and, and did some construction and talked to the guys and hung out and stuff like that and i mean it was, it was awesome i had a blast i can't wait to go again you know even even just to there again you know or anywhere i, I really enjoyed it good deal right, let me talk about the journey just a yeah. second um i've been on a lot of trips with other churches and one of the things i realized was that the team seemed kind of like clicks and uh you know they kind of keep to themselves and and so when we did our first trip we talked about expanding what we do on a trip, not just go and do construction work, but but try to involve as many people as we can in a trip. And for me, that includes if I'm in a, a big box store, and I uh, don't want to say those names, mm-hmm. and if I'm in a big box mm-hmm. store and uh, I'm buying something to go to, to a mission trip, I tell the people what I'm doing. And you wouldn't believe the prayer requests I've had from that or the people that said they'd pray for us. Uh, or want to go. Or want to go. I've had a lot of people say, I want to go, and give me their name and information. So so for us, it's not just about going and doing the work and the journey, the, you know, the literal journey of going there. It's more about people in the church, people in the community, anybody we touch. When Once we know we're going on that trip, um, involving them in it. And just a quick example of that, one of our guys was sharing with a neighbor that he was going to Cuba and the neighbor donated $5,000 towards oh, the trip and has done that every year that we've gone wow. since then. That's awesome. So just just involving people, we don't do it for the money, but that sure has been nice. But yeah. but for the people that it's opened up the chance to witness to and pray with, it's been great. Since, uh, since we've all been, I've been on a number of trips with you, and at the Casey's been on every trip I've been on except two. The one went to Peru, and the, the last time I went to Cuba. But... Um, what what does Omega mean? What does the Omega stand for? Oxford men exalting God always. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it's just limited to men. No, it's not limited yeah. to men at all. And how did Omega come about? The actual name? The the the, the decision to say, you know, this, this is going to be easy. I'll just schedule some trips. Everything will fall in place. Yeah, and, that's what it, that's how it works. <laughs> um, I was going on trips with uh, Evangel Temple out of Jacksonville, Florida. And went to Lithuania with my son. And the Evangel Temple doesn't ever go back. They do one, they do one or two, sometimes a second trip, but they really don't go back. And we saw that there was work to be done that wasn't going to get done unless another team came. So my son suggested that between his church in Tallahassee and our church, we put together a group 
and go back to Lithuania. So, so we did that. And the first, the first year we went as Omega, we took eight people to Lithuania. And I'm not supposed to call names, but on the way home from that trip, Casey, who's sitting here beside me, said... Who's being really shy, which is yeah, very odd. I, I don't know what's going on right. here, but I don't, I don't like the dynamic Casey's right. bringing to the table. Just let, let the him a proper introduction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe he'll jump in here. But on the way home, on the airplane, he said, Mr. Jerry, we got to go back. We got to go back and finish that job. And so, so we did. And really, that to me was really more when Omega was born. Really, the second trip, we took 23 people to Lithuania, and uh, we finished that project, which I'd never been part of finishing a project before. And so it was a fantastic thing. From there, we just started doing trips. It just fell into place, and God's really blessed it. They just rattle off some of the countries you've been to or trips. I mean, it's it's been. US. Uh, I've been to Bolivia, Peru, Austria, Greece, Macedonia, um, Antigua. That was pretty nice. Uh, Cuba, I think ten times now. Uh, Lithuania, four or five times. So, and there's Dublin, a couple others. And then the one in Alabama. Dublin, uh, yeah. Um, Dothan, Alabama. We we made a couple trips to Dublin. We've been four times, I think. Now, mm-hmm. yeah. In Montana. Montana. We went to Montana. Thank you. Okay. So Did yeah. Did you do an Alaska trip or was brother Daryl and I? That was my first mission trip. Went okay. to Alaska. Yeah. 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 I forgot about Alaska. Okay, and then we have uh, Casey Strickland here with us. That's been, as I said, on most of my trips. And I do want to um, tell Casey a huge thank you. One of the trips in Cuba, I was just sorry. And Casey says he was sorry, but he wasn't. He, he was 15 men. But he said, we're going to work out next year before the next trip. And, and, him and him and I, and he stuck with me for a year between trips. We worked out most every morning. And we checked in and said why we couldn't. There wasn't a, a day we didn't know one of us wasn't working out. Yeah, so thank was, you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And then I went to the next trip and got sick halfway. <laughs> one of the days of the most hardest work, I was sick, but... Yeah, the uh, the last Cuba trip was was pretty tough physically, but uh, you know, going back real quick, going back to kind of the journey, you know, growing up in church, I've always been, you know, I've I've always been around people inside the church, but I think sometimes we we don't get to fellowship the way we should mm-hmm. when we're not inside of church because most people you walk in the door. And then you walk out of the door, and you're here for an hour and a half, two hours. And we don't get to have the fellowship that we really should have as fellow Christians. And so, you know, just as y'all were talking about kind of the journey part of it, not not so much, you know, just talking about the, the trips themselves, but just being able to sit for extended periods of time while we're on these missions trips— uh, getting to fellowship and getting to talk with, you know, people that we've known all our life, people that we're around all the time, but we don't have that connection that I think we really should have as followers of Christ and, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ. So part of that journey is is huge because it it allows you to create bonds that we don't necessarily create yeah. inside the walls of the church. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's for the journey part of it, you know, just when we're talking about the being around each other inside 
you know, the missions trips, it, it gives you a bond that you don't necessarily get when you're at church. You learn yeah. about somebody going through an airport with them on a missions trip. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you, you learn that's, about that's people. You, you, or riding in a car with them. <laughs> or riding, yes. I mean, After yeah. Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> they After had... Boiled hamburgers and yeah. Luxembourg or somewhere. <laughs> they had on one of the Lithuania trips, a guy played uh, a Jimmy Swaggart CD, Through It All. Yeah. When we were working, he'd play that Through It All. <laughs> through It All. Through it all. Man, that reminds me. of We went to the Bahamas with Chuck one time, and Chuck threw all the batteries in my bag. I don't know why, but that's what he did. He and he brought a ton of them, so my bag was weighed down with batteries. And I went to TSA, saw that, and they're like, come on over, come on over. So there was unzipping, all these batteries are in there. They undo my whole bag. And I remember, this is the same bag I take on Royal Ranger campouts, and I would put fireworks in <laughs> Tons oh, of no. fire. So the bottom of this bag is nothing but fireworks powder gunpowder oh and everything goodness. this guy this tsa guy gets a, a swab and he swabs the bottom oh, of my, and then you can just see the dust on this thing and i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna be here a while <laughs> like, man and somehow he he never must have never wow. tested it because he's like all right you're good to go <laughs> thank god yeah. They figured this guy's got enough problems. I don't need to throw him in jail, man. Well, batteries. I I took microphone into Cuba, the last trip, last two trips ago. Two back, yeah. And uh, Jerry had a an event. And he he's the team leader, and he had to leave. And so that I was the team leader, and they confiscated the mic when I went into Cuba. It's against the rules, it it can broadcast. So, yeah, but they said you can get it back that. on your way through. Just you know, it's not a big deal. Just come through and get it. So here I am bringing the team back. And the big thing when you're in a communist country is you have a, a, a visa that's once they take it from you, you no longer have a visa and you're on like international side, like you're safe. And so they took my visa. I go to the back, make sure everything's all right. I said, OK, I'm going to go get the radio, the microphone. They just said, sign it out. So they lead me, and there's a hallway in between the arrivals and departures where you don't really have to leave and go out. You can just cut through, and that's what I figured we would do. They're like, no, you need to leave. And they started walking through the uh, TSA, what they have. And I got to the door, and I was like, once I step out here, I no longer have a visa. And I don't have my teams back there. They don't know anything. They don't know. And so I, they're like, oh, come on, come on. So I went with them. We go outside and we walk all the way around to where the other front door. Well, this storm is coming, a low thunderstorm. And I'm like, I got to make it back before it's lightning and this, the plane's coming. So anyways, I was there. There was no arrival flight, so there was no staff. So I was sitting in this dark building just waiting for someone to come so they could tell me. And it was a long process. I was in Cuba without a visa. They could have left at any time, changed shifts, missed my flight. I, no one would have known what, what I was doing. And that storm just kept coming and coming and coming. And finally, it all worked out. I had to pay money. And I made it over just when the storm hit because I was like, they're not going to. These are these ladies that had me. They're not going to go out in this thunder and lightning and walk me through. And so I was that was the nervous. most nervous I had ever yeah. been being in, on that side. So but it all worked out. So your most recent trip was the trip to Dublin, which the, the guys, whenever they go, they just the, the team always not falls in love, but really just the, the guys that are in that program, they really 
take really a liking to. Hard. So, mm-hmm. how was that trip for you as a, as a first? And and you know, you can always think about you know how God worked, maybe for you to get there, or when you were there, or afterwards, or. Um, I, I think the biggest and thing. Did you I, have to carry the load for Casey when you were there? As always, everybody yeah. has to carry Casey's load. Um, the biggest thing I remember from from Dar the I don't want to say the biggest thing I remember, but the the thing that got me the most was their worship services that they have every Off night. The Them yeah. boys get down. They do. I mean, they and it's you know they had they had one guy um, that had come in. He had graduated from the program, and so he had come in and he was talking to him you know and he was he was that was his biggest thing as well as he was talking about how good their worship service is and how he's like guys it's 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 easy it's like i know it's hard right now to to be here and be together and try to do the right things like but this is easy when you when you get out he's like and you're not around your brothers and you're not around you know people that are that are struggling through the same thing and trying to do the same things he's like that's when it's hard and it's just for somebody like i like i just i don't know i can't i can't relate with that and i can't maybe understand it but just seeing those boys get down and worship every night i mean there wasn't a night where every hand in the building wasn't raised i mean them boys was crying they was hands in the air they was getting down every night yeah it just that was awesome to me this year's Dublin trip was a little different because of coronavirus, and mm-hmm. we were supposed to stay distanced, and we couldn't sit with them at the meals, which is really usually the big, big event for the Dublin trip. You get to have meals with them and, and witness to them, talk to them, pray with them, and those guys are just hungry to share their story and, and be prayed with, mm-hmm. and I know the last day y'all y'all got to do a lot of praying, I, I heard, yeah. Yeah, we, so it we worked did out the, good. The last night. Yeah. And, and speaking of hungry, there's one thing. They are not hungry for food because they feed you. They feed Good you. Good yeah. Lord. I ate more there in two days than I eat an entire week when yeah. I get home. They just pile it on the plate, son. You hadn't been to Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> they pile it on the plate. I think the one thing that stood out with Dublin from some of the other trips that we've taken to different countries is because since it's, you know, you're right here, you're in the United States, you know, like I said, just growing up in church, and then you meet, you know, these these different men that's had substance abuse and, and battling so many different things. You know, sometimes we take it for granted that, you know, we were able to grow up in church and we had a support group around us. Yeah, and for and for me, Amen. for me, it was a, a you know an eye opener um, because it wasn't so much a economic difference it wasn't that it was just man you know how easy would it be for me to have taken a whole bunch of wrong Mm -hmm. steps and i've taken a ton of them anyway you know without having the support group that i've always had growing up growing up in church you know having you know an extended family as far as your church family because when I was a little, I had a I'm whole not bunch sure of people. Sure, you looked at us like that. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I had a. He's been choked by Brother Felix. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've I've had you know I've had a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people growing up that, you know, they were, you know, when I was with them, they were, my parents said, hey, yes, yeah, treat them like they're your your child, and and so, you know, you don't get when you see that you're like, man, I could have. Even though, I've, like I said, I've made a ton of mistakes in my own life, 
you know, I've always had those people around me. And just without having those people around me, how much more of a mess, you know, what I turned out to be than I already am. So uh, that that in itself was kind of of an eye opener because we don't we 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 kind of take it for granted sometimes that, hey, you know, you have a you know, I'm 40 and my parents, you know, I don't make it to church. My mom says, hey, where were you Sunday? (laughs) You know, and so I and would that, pay money to see your mother right. whoop you to this day. I mean, I don't have much I mean, money, and I'd give well, all of it to watch that little lady whoop you. But you know, it's it's a good thing. It's it's a good thing because they're they're always there, and yep. a lot of times, you know, not saying that those people because I don't know all their stories, not saying that they didn't have any of that. But I think a lot of times, you know, when you see people coming from those backgrounds, they don't have the same support that, that we could have. And, and I think it, it was kind of an eye opener in that sense. And it's not because of government. It's no. not because of culture. It's just, it's just choices. Their, yeah. Right. Just pure choices. What do and, y'all, what would y'all say to the like naysayers for missions trips saying things like you shouldn't, it's kind of a, a, a vacation or you would really make a bigger impact if you just sent money and material and let their local economy do it and the local folks do it. Because I'll just tell you, that's the mindset I had, and I had a huge changing of that mindset. But I was just curious what you guys – I know you encounter that. Um, There's different different trips or different things. That's always the line you hear from more than any is, well, you'd do better if you just sent the money and hired somebody to do it. Well, we'll use Cuba as an example uh, to see that Americans will come down there, not just come down there, but, but take off work pay their own way, Mm -hmm. sacrifice to come help them, and then, oh, by the way, bring $10,000, which is what we always take, uh, to help them build a church or whatever they're doing. Um, Once you experience that, I don't think you would ever say that again, you know. We did have one person that went with us, and and I really appreciated his input. I always try to kind of, I didn't with this last Dublin trip, but I always try to kind of break the trips down. What did you, you know, what did the trip mean to you, blah, blah, blah. And this one guy said, I think you should send half the people and more money. He said you could send half the people and still, um, you know, still have that, Sacri- that that feeling that they get of Americans coming to help them, but you could spend the money that the other half would have spent on the air- airplanes and all that. But but that depends on where you're working. We've worked in Cuba where they had plenty of help, and we actually felt like that they were making work. They were not working so we could work, and we don't want that. Mm-hmm. And so we've stressed to them, tell me, how, you know, if you've got a good team, I won't bring as many people. We don't want to stand around, but we don't want you to stand around because those guys are sacrificing for God too. Mm-hmm. And then we have went to Cuba where there was no help, and we were it, and we wished we had more people. It's, it's also not even 100% about what we can do for them right? because they're making such a large impact on us. Mm-hmm. The right. more people mm-hmm. that are there yeah. are getting more impact on them, Absolutely. the more they're going to go out and do Absolutely. other places, other things. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's like what I discovered. Right. It was I, I, with the first mission trip I went on, Misty wanted to go so bad, and I didn't want to go. And yeah. I didn't attend any of the meetings. And I, they were asking her, like, is your husband going to come to these meetings? We'd like to get to know him. And she would have to lie and say he's working late. And really, I just refused to go because I thought it was a bad idea. It was so right. dumb. 
And I know I'm so I've never been so wrong on something. Well, maybe I have, but <laughs> but uh, when I got there, I saw real poverty in the in mm-hmm. Christian. Poor Christians are the best Christians. I don't know why that is, but they Jesus are. said, blessed are the poor, and I never understood it until right. I went to a third world nation. Right. And like, I thought, I was thinking, well, I'm here from the United States. I'm here to minister to you people. And no, they minister they to, minister to exactly. me, and it exactly. changed my life. Like that's So I think if you haven't gone on one, try to make it on one. It'll, yep. Yeah, and, and yeah. you don't have to go to Cuba or Lithuania. It's I, I went six hours away, right. you know, and I, uh, leading up to it, I'm thinking I got to go halfway around the world to, for anything. I went six hours away in my own backyard and, and it completely 180. I mean, I, I you know, I always wanted to go on one, so it wasn't right. like I made a 180 turn, but just seeing the impact it made on me yep. in my own backyard, exactly. one state away. One state away. Well, I think also, I mean... The financial aspect of it is a given. I mean, yeah. that's a given. We we, it's necessary to help them go forward. But as far as being there in person, what it does is it allows you to make relationships with the people that are there. Yeah. So we have people that are in Cuba that we'll have lifelong relationships with, yeah. and yes, we can still send money. Yes, we can do all those things. But yeah, you're never gonna get that relationship mm-hmm. if you're not there in person. You're never going to meet that person, whoever it may be, it, right. or those multiple That's people. Right. And you'll never have that relationship. And like I said, you can send all the money you want. And yes, that is needed. Yes, it's necessary. But without being there yourself, you yeah, I agree you, you miss you miss out on on building a relationship. Yeah. And and like I said, the, the body of Christ is is all about relationships. I, the people I saw sacrifice so much and love so much that I feel like they're going to be the great ones in the kingdom of yeah, heaven. Absolutely. And then you'll have a picture in your house in heaven right. with like, you know, uh, Jorge Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to say, oh, you know Jorge Rodriguez? Like, yeah, I threw dodgeballs at him on a missions trip. <laughs> you know, and seriously, though, I feel like that is going to be the case. And you'll miss out on that, you know. Right. We had two instances, one in Lithuania, one in Cuba, of the impact of the teams being there. Yeah. I remember in Lithuania that they started to talk and say, you know. We need to do more. We, yeah. The them, Lithuanians. The Lithuanians say, right. Yeah. And in Lithuania, we did all the work. There were two Lithuanians mm-hmm. there. We went there. We built cabins. We, we did all the work without any locals helping us. But they, they realized the benefit we were and that they could benefit other people. So they started started coming and helping and doing. Uh, Cuba, those guys said, you know, what we've realized is that, that you guys come from from the United States to help us, but we're not helping our brothers. So they've started going and building some churches and helping. Awesome. They don't have the money, but we can get money down there, but they're doing that, mm-hmm. you know. And, and now uh, the one biggest church we work with, we're sending money and they're, they're, they, they're feeding hundreds of people a week, and it came out of us coming and blessing them. And, uh, and they, don't, they can't go to Publix or wherever and get food. They go stand in ration lines for hours to get eggs or to get rice or to get, you know. You don't, they don't tell you what, what no, they won't, gone through. No, they wouldn't dare tell you. But we find out that when we're going down there, for, for us to eat eggs in the morning— Maybe eight or ten of the people from that church went and stood in ration lines at two o'clock in the morning for hours to get enough eggs to feed us breakfast. 
and you know. that's an opportunity for them to step out in the Lord and right. do something. Yeah, you know? absolutely. That was and and Jerry, what was you started asking? You probably always did. You asked the pastors talking about money. You would ask the pastors specifically about something that they could use. Right. When we go to house churches, mm-hmm. and in Cuba, there's two type two type of churches. There's there's a church that was approved. When the Castro government took over, it was already approved as a church or it had a building on it. And on those properties, you can build a church building, which is what we're doing in Guamaro. Uh, but there's literally thousands of churches in Cuba that are shacks, that are, shacks isn't even really a good enough word, that are, that are called house churches. And it's a pastor, a pastor and his wife trying to live in a little shack, and in that house, they took a little part of it and put some pews or blocks or whatever. Pieces of wood. Pieces of wood on blocks, and they're, they're having church, and they're suffering. And so we go, when we're in Cuba, we travel to house churches, and we rebuild some of the house churches into better house churches. But but we we go there and we, we have money, we have we always take a big bag of things with us, which are essentials, essentials toothpaste, too. toothbrushes, toilet paper, just bare essentials usually. And uh, But we always ask them before we pray, what could we pray for? What, do you, what is your needs? What, what do you need us to pray for you? And, and their house is falling down. Their house has is falling down. It, scorpions yeah. falling down, right. and they... They'll say... Well, of course, pray for lost souls that more souls will come into our church. Or, yeah, or, or the, the last one we worked at, right? Uh, in Kakakun. Yeah, it was a, it was he had a ministry. Yeah, he had a ministry. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, the elderly. They or, never pray for something for themselves or their family mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know it's always you know a bicycle. We've bought bicycles because they have been having to walk six kilometers to visit their parishioners that can't leave their house. And if you could just help me get a bicycle, I could contact more of my people. We bought a horse and buggy so they could bring elderly people to church. It's always some need. Uh, This last year, I was at a church with actually a different group than our church that I took, and we asked the pastor, the standard, you know, what, what, what are your needs? And he did say that, uh, he said, we need a well. We need no. We we have a well, but we have no water for the church. We have no, you know, pump. And uh, my wife has to walk two kilometers with two buckets to carry water back. So we'll have water to flush toilets or do whatever. And uh, so we, you know, we bought that. But there's always some need. But it's never shoes for my kids or never anything. It's always something for God and and for God's kingdom. Let's talk about there, there's in our other two podcasts, uh, Josh and Pastor Daniel, which you can't hear, he doesn't have a mic. But there's there's been this this we've had a slight taste of some some something happened on a on, on this trip dealing with soccer and 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 uh, and oh. Pastor Daniel's almost excommunicated or something. Talk about that well, we weren't. I don't think we were filming. We okay. were recording. Well, Ooh. see, this is this is at that farm. So after they graduate this orphanage, they go to. The, they, they go to this school to, to be learn to become farmers. And it's important because they can take that to their village or their area and teach their, you know, the people around them how to grow more coffee beans so they can make more money. And it's really cool. But they're all teenage boys. So there's 15, 16, 17, maybe some 18 year olds in there. So they're out there playing soccer. And these guys are 
real. They're almost men playing soccer. And we're, we're out of shape. Americans coming over there. We're jumping the game with them. And we had to deal. Whoever wins, the losers have to buy them a Coke. Or we were going to buy them Cokes or something. Buy the winners Cokes. And uh, I think I was on your team, Daniel, was I? Yeah, we lost. Uh, <laughs> make the short story short, we lost. And um, Daniel went out and with some of his buddies that have fellow losers, <laughs> and he bought them Cokes. And that did not go over good <laughs> over there. They said, you do not, the losers do not get a prize. They do not win anything. And they're so nervous about, like, you know, communism yeah. or everyone sharing the same. They want winners to succeed and losers to learn how to win. <laughs> and it was very important to them. Even if the winners yeah. got their Cokes. Yeah, and yeah, so Daniel's like, I just want to buy them a Coke. What's the big deal? <laughs> wow. Interesting. Yeah, y'all brought that up at all of the other podcasts. Oh, we did. Exactly. It was the funniest thing. It was Daniel. It was hilarious. I didn't know if we heard the full story. (laughs) Bring up soccer game in next podcast. You know what was was funny about one of those trips? um, I actually didn't go on this trip. This was the trip before. They were were talking about it. This is my first trip, and I'm hearing all these stories. And they get picked up from the airport, and they're going to the farm. And the driver hit a cop. With the with the van, like like the his cop car. No, or the, cop the cop was. Sometimes the cops will stop you and they'll ask for money to get through. Especially if they see a van full of Americans, they want some money. Uh, but usually it's like ten bucks or something. They're re- they're re- they're reasonable at least. But, yeah, it's like it's like we want ten thousand lempira. It's like ten thousand lempira. You do the math. It's like only oh, thirteen dollars. Okay, he's reasonable. But anyways, the mirror hit 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 the cop on the chest and it pushed the mirror in. And then the cop got in his car and chased him down. And the driver's arguing with this guy. And he's like, I didn't hit you that hard. Come on. <laughs> and so they go and they pull the pastor out of the church van. <laughs> he sits in the cop car. And the driver drives with the cop behind him, following to him to his house. The driver gets out to a chicken pen, gets a chicken. The, the pastor comes out of the cop car. The chicken goes in the cop car. <laughs> <laughs> And then they were free to go. Oh man! I just want to go on record by saying I think that's a fair trade. You hit me with a car, you give me a chicken, we are set. He said we are straight. Jokes on him. That chicken never lays. So. <laughs> I think I think Jerry got pulled over by the cops in Lithuania. Uh, yeah. yeah, I actually did get pulled over one time by cops by military police. But, but I think you're tell referring the back to story another. To that. That's a different story. No, the the Why thing in the trunk with the pig. With the pig? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's the third time. <laughs> so yeah, so it, this in, in, so they were so they were no. having this yeah. swine flu or not swine flu. They were having some kind of pig flu. Pig yeah. flu, pig and disease. so they would not allow you to bring pigs in or out. And, and we were near um, Aust, uh, a border, yeah. a border to um, was it Austria about that. somewhere. And so they were there were these road stops, and they would check to see if you had any pigs in the car. So live a, pigs, live pigs. So, yeah. so with the missionary that we worked with, pigs checking for pigs. Jerry found this ceramic pig and bought it, and we all signed this ceramic pig and put it in the trunk of the car. Because every day, they every morning they check the trunk of our car. So, we put a ceramic pig back there, <laughs> and in a speed delight vehicle. By the way, in a speed delight vehicle, yep. uh, the local cop thought it was kind of funny. The military police did not think it was funny at all. <laughs> but we were crying. <laughs> yeah. They definitely do things differently. Yeah, they do. Casey, uh, um, besides flying next to me on the Lufthansa flight to uh, Frankfurt, Germany, uh, what, what, what's another good memory you have from one of your 
uh, mission trip. We did Mon- Browning, Montana. We've done Lithuania, Cuba. Yeah, I th- honestly, one of my favorite trips. Well, it, I've, I've enjoyed them we all. Can, we can talk about Pastor Chuck, because we're not right. saying his last name. Yeah. Many stories involve Pastor <laughs> yes. Chuck. Yes, so. I do remember when we left Pastor Ch- Chuck, we went in to get ice cream. <laughs> and we, and he, and we left it, yes, and uh, everybody had went outside, and we all went back to, to where we were staying, and we looked around and actually i think it was was it jerry we were on our yeah, way to the job site. we were yeah. we were going back to the job site and There's there was there chuck. was pastor chuck on the side on the side of the road eating some ice cream <laughs> eating some ice cream because he had went back inside to buy everybody ice cream and we left him yeah after he got counted in the van after he got counted yeah, he, he got out he got back out and we left and got left and it was his it was our first day there Yep. He didn't know where we were staying. Yeah. He had no way to contact us. They had just said a guy on a team yeah. got jumped walking yeah. around. Luckily, he was a boxer, Something, and he's able yeah. to fight his way out of it. There's Pastor Chuck. <laughs> so we pull up. There's Pastor, Pastor Chuck, Chuck with ice cream. <laughs> and he asked us, uh, when did y'all realize you forgot me? No, we now. said when we pulled up to yeah. the stop sign just, and saw him. Just now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, Pastor somebody. That was a, that was a good time. Yeah, you got to follow time. the rules. Yeah, I've, I've honestly, I've, I've loved every trip. They've all been been great because they're all different. There's always something different about each one of them. Um, I've, like I said, they're they're all a different experience. I think one of my favorite trips was actually to Montana because my parents got to go. Yeah, we got uh, we got some poppy seed chicken. Yes, and uh, so my parents, yeah, so mom and dad both got to go, and and they were able to cook, and that really. I mean, you could see it made them happy, mm-hmm. um, and they really enjoyed it. So it just made that trip a little bit different because they were able to go with us. And it emphasizes what you said because we not only worked in that church, but we slept and ate yeah. in that church. Oh yeah, we, it was like a yeah. It was our we. That's all we did. I mean, we we yeah. drove around at night, but this, that's where we that made it. A, that made it a yeah. really good trip. For, and, a, and that's that's a good thing about Dublin too. We all stay together, yeah. and and it, oh, okay. it gives you the opportunity to visit a lot more than you would if you were in separate rooms. Me, um, I'm thinking of another time. You know, Pastor Chuck has has fond, fond memories in Lithuania. Remember, remember the beast stung his tongue. Beast stung his tongue. Yes. <laughs> there's the, yes. so they keep the windows open, and there's just always sweet stuff on the yes. table, and the fruit and this beast flying around. He takes a sip of his and he, juice. And he had and he's devotion. like, the the tongue. Yes, yes. And every trip, he hits his head on something and winds up with a bandaid on. And then in Montana, in Montana, we get there. Whatever day it was, Jerry bends down to 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 pet the pastor's dog. By the way, the pastor and Daniel striking resemblance, except his yeah. goatee is probably this long. Handsome guy. And Jerry goes down to pet this beagle, which is like a hundred year old beagle, very friendly dog, and bites his hand. Yeah, his he hand did. gets infected. Yeah, he gets a fever. No, I didn't you, get a fever. Chuck, did, Chuck. I thought I remember you. Okay, no, then I didn't get a fever. We're building this wind wall, this this fence to mark off the property because people were trust walking through it and just there was they couldn't have stuff out back. So we had to build this fence and this fence has to withstand heavy, heavy winds. It's off the it's off the mountains of in, in Montana. And so you have to back brace it. And so we're trying to dig these holes and, and we're on the ground net stapling and, and Pastor Chuck 
goes down, he's nailing. He gets a spider bite on his knee. He gets sick with a fever. There he's laying in the room with a fever shivering. Him and Jerry had to go to some infirmary Clinic, somewhere yeah, and get shots. So that was the same uh, same trip where, like the last day, I swear there was like fifteen cop cars yeah, that came right. up that came up next door because next like. It was a little out parcel yeah. in front of the church, a little like, shack house. Yeah, it was 20, like black suburbans. Yeah, like just 25 feet away. I mean, like, you step out of the church, and next door there's a, a meth shack or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, was, was. it was. It was a, it was a straight-up meth shack next door. So the last day we were there, I mean, I don't know which rollers come through, but they were they were in blacked out everything, and they were, yeah, they they were, were. coming correct. Because yes, <laughs> it was, like I said, just straight meth house right next door. I was like, they're going to think it's us telling on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, right. There's been a lot. We've, we've, in Lithuania, we've toured a castle. We toured the KGB Museum, which was very yeah, I couldn't go in there. somber. Yeah, it's, it, it was... Um, I couldn't back out. Uh, Lots, lots of stories. I'd say, I guess, not a regret I have, but I remember that the first trip I went on, we went to Peru with uh, the late Mike and uh, missionary Mike. And, you know, he's like, oh, Jerry, I need you to preach at this church. <laughs> like in three hours. Yes. It was just like, <laughs> just not, you know, it was just like. With an interpreter. Uh, we were like, we were kind of prepared to each do a devotional one right. night, but yeah, with interpreter. <laughs> and so we kind of, we just, uh, Which we I can't, had to do. you know, so, um, but we've spoken at a lot of, in front of the churches a lot. Right. That was just one that, you know, kind of be prepared. He was going to send us to a church to preach. To, he to wasn't be the preacher that yes, night would have be been us. preacher that night. Yes, you as the guest speaker. Yeah. With an interpreter. It, it like, didn't work out. It was like in Lithuania. Remember when we went there and Chuck was preaching for like an hour and a half? Yeah. And then he was like, now I got, I mean, how many ever more points? Yeah. I'm like, five I got five more, more points. Five more points. That's what he said. It was said. like the world's longest we all church. Fell over yeah, it was the world's longest church service because I thought he was wrapping it up. Yeah, I, I, and, like, I, and it was a good sermon. Yeah, up to that. I thought he was wrapping it up. <laughs> it I was, was like, I was like, okay, You've done a great job. I was like, okay, we're about to wrap it up right here, and next thing <laughs> you know, Chuck on here yeah, himself. <laughs> next thing you know, it's like another, another hour and a half. It was, it was crazy. It was another hour and a half. It was, it was nuts. That's funny. That's that's uh. Hey, I'll say something positive about Pastor Chuck. Pastor Chuck had the idea of cooking Perlo to raise money for mission trips. And that's been a godsend for us to do that and the different meals we do. And he would get here at 3.30, 4.30 in the morning to start that Perlo and cook it so we could do that. That's his uh, normal get-up time. I know it is, but I'm giving him credit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to say something nice. Give him some props. So anyway, that's been a big thing for us, and we still do that, and it works out real good for us. Yes. All right. Well, we're 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 nearing that time. Uh, Josh, any last um, words? thoughts, yeah, words if you about mission trip? Gone on a mission trip, you need to go on one mm-hmm. at least one time in your life. Yeah, yes. and and just from like I was saying earlier, from my perspective, I was expecting to go halfway around the world, make some big change, and I went a couple of minutes up the road and had the biggest change on me I could ever imagine. So it's, it, it, it ain't you ain't got to go anywhere. You could literally, it might be your neighbor, whatever, but. Mm-hmm. And to Casey's point earlier, he said, you know, there's some camaraderie. When when everyone's together working on a common goal and there's sweat equity involved and there's a plan, it's like, I don't know, it's it's good. 
Takes years. you back to your football days. <laughs> I, I think the, the other thing, too, is if you've never went on a mission trip before, if you've never been, you know, when you go, you're going to, when it's all said and done, you're going to come back and be like, man, I wish I'd have done this a lot sooner. Yeah. Because you'll regret, I mean, you'll, you'll sit back and you're going to say, man, it's, I want to do more and more of this, and you will. You'll you'll kind of kind of reflect a little bit and say, "Hey, this is something I wish I would have done a long time before." before I agree now. with that. I was almost fifty when I did my first trip and missed a lot of opportunities. Hey, I'd like to also say that on Omega Mission Teams, not any other church-related trip, we've had over fifty different people from our church go on trips. And I just think that's a really great thing that we get that kind of participation. Mm-hmm. So if anybody still is hung up and would like to send money, the youth always go down to Miami and yeah, could right. always... El Salvador. El Salvador. Oh, El Sa- that's right. You guys do it to El Salvador. Awesome. Great. Okay, well, that will wrap it up for today. Thank you and good night. Farewell. And good night. <laughs> we don't have a closing. We're still trying to figure out how to close this. All right, y'all, we just want to thank you for listening today to the Whatsoever Things podcast. The Whatsoever Things podcast is just a group of guys sitting around talking about their faith, and it does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the leadership of Oxford Assembly of God. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe in whatever your favorite podcast application is. And if you'd like to find out more information about our church, you can visit our website at www.oxfordag.org. That's O-X-F-O-R-D-A-G dot org. We'll see you next time.